Um, one time, Rabbi Pam, Zecher Sadiq Lebracha, was coming from overseas. And at the airport, someone came over to him to pick him up. <clears throat> when he was going out of the airport, he stopped for about three, four, four minutes. He was looking at all the people that were coming out of the terminal, and the people that came, their friends or their relatives that came to say that, to see them, how they embraced each other, and how they were uh, so kind to each other. And he just stood there for a few minutes. So the Talmudim around here, Rebbe, why are you standing? He says to them, you see how separation is bad. And when you come back together, it's so good. Separation is bad. Yet, in our parasha, the parasha we read yesterday, Avraham Avinu recommended separation. Now, let's look at what happened. Parasha says, Vahiriv ben ro'e mikne Abraham u ben ro'e mikne Lot. There was strife, there was quarreling, between the shepherds of Lot and the shepherds of Abraham. Lot was the nephew of Abraham. Now, Abraham was very wealthy at this point. Lot was also wealthy, but because of Abraham, because he was the nephew of Abraham, he also received a lot of cattle and herd and so on. So they were together in the same area, and the land the grazing land that was available was not enough for both of them. They just had a huge amount of cattle and not enough grazing land. So what happened? The shepherds of Lot, they went ahead and they took their, their cattle to uh, foreign fields, fields that didn't belong to them. In other words, they were like they were gazlanim. So the shepherds of Lot were mochiyahotam. They were he were reprimanding them. You cannot do that. This is pure gazel. It's gazel. It's not that right. The shepherds of Abraham Avinu they were they were honest people. So what did the shepherd of Lot? Answer? Oh, you know what they said? Well, this whole land was promised to Abraham Avinu, and Abraham Avinu has no children. So who's going to inherit him? We're going to be Yoresh Abraham Avinu, Lot. So if it's Lot, Yoresh, so everything belongs to him. A very wrong reasoning. The Torah specifies. The Canaanites were in the land. that They were ruling the land. The land belonged to them. So it's Gezel. What happens? Abraham Avinu takes Lot and he says to him like this. Vayomer Abraham Elot. Anna tehi meriba benu benecha. 
I don't want to have any quarrels any longer between me and you. Or between my shepherds and your shepherds. No. So what should we do? Oh, solution? He parid name alay. Let's separate. I know you're my nephew, but you go east, I go west. You go west, I go east. This is what Abraham Avinu is suggesting. Separation. Is this a way to compromise? Now, suppose a couple comes to you and they have issues, they have problems between them, they're quarreling. So you know what you tell them? You know what? You, you go to your parents and you go back to your parents, separate. That's, is, that, is, is that the answer? No, the answer is try to compromise, try to uh, make kiruv. After all, Abraham Avinu had many of the Abu Dazara come to him. He had robbers come into his tent. There people from all kinds. He took care of them. He showed them the right path. Why didn't he do the same thing for his own nephew, Lot? Where is the Kirub when it comes to him, to his own nephew? Well, there are two reasons for that. One reason Rashid tells us that the, there was a remarkable resemblance between Lot and his uncle Abraham. Their faces were pretty much similar. So Abraham Avinu didn't like the idea. After all, Abraham Avinu was the man of God. He was the man that was going from place to place declaring, proclaiming the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He is going to go to different fields. I mean, people see Lot in, in, in fields that don't belong to him. Lot looks exactly like Abraham Avinu. Everybody's going to say, oh, the man of God is stealing. God forbid. He didn't want that. Therefore, he said, look, you go your way, I go my way. But there's another reason, interesting reason, uh, a reason that was advanced by Rabbi Yosef Albo. He was a philosopher. He was also uh, a great sage. And he said, yes, there is a misvah of ochiyah tochiyah et amitecha. There is. Meaning someone is doing something wrong. We have some kind of an obligation to go over and to reprimand him and tell him, well, you do something wrong. In a nice way. That's fine. But there are two cases where a person should not even uh, attempt to waste his time and talk to the other people about it. For example, what's the two cases? What? One case. Case number one, someone is doing less than something on Shabbat. Right? So you go over to him. And you say, hey, this thing is not allowed on Shabbat. Or he says, you know, who told you? No, you're wrong. I'm right. It's allowed. Not a problem. It is. There's no, re there's no way you can reason with someone like that. You're wasting your time. Case number two. You tell a guy, you know, you do, you're doing something wrong. He said, well, 
you're right, but I have a reason why I can do it. Both these cases is not, uh, it doesn't pay to waste your time on it. Kiruv is when at least someone is willing to listen. Willing. There was once a one of the maskilim, and he came to a Magid Meduvna, and he told the Magid Meduvna, he said, okay, let's see if you can change me. They tell me that you're a fiery speaker. You can take anybody in the car of him. See if you can do something for me. So he answered him the following way. As usual, the Magid Meduvna always gave what we call a, a, a parable. He says, you know, you see the, these big cannons that they had in those days? He said, they bring, they bring the, the, uh, the bomb, big, huge bomb, and they put it inside, and nothing happens. When does something happen? When does that bomb is launched? When there is, when you put a little torch and you put a spark that's when everything starts and the bomb is, long, is launched. He says, you have to have the spark. If you don't have the spark, I cannot help you. You have to have that spark. Kiruv means you have something, something, something in there that you can, you can extend, you can develop. But in these two cases, it doesn't pay. This is why Abraham Avinu told Lord Hiparidname Alai, because they were telling them, hey, you're stealing. What's the answer? Ah, oh, no, 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 no. That belongs to him. And it belongs to what it doesn't belong to him. And he gave me the reason why. Look, after all, this land is going to belong to Abraham anyway. When? Hundreds of years from now. <laughs> but now it doesn't. When you have something like that where you cannot reason with, that's you say, okay, he parted na alai. At that point, that's it. This is a good lesson for a person. If you want to make teshuvah, we have a, uh, a, a pasuk in Mishle. Mechase pesha'av lo yasliyah umodeve ozev yeruham. If you're going to cover up what you're doing wrong. You say, no, it's okay. I'm doing right. Or I have a reason for it. You're not going to be successful. But if you are, if you readmit, and say, oh, yes, I am doing something wrong. I, I, want, I want to find out what the real thing is, what the correct or the proper way to behave. Yeruham, the who will have some mercy on him. This is... This is the thing that we, as we live every day, we always have nisyonot. We always have Akadosh Baruch Hu every single day. We have certain nisyonot. We have to overcome the temptations that we see all the time. Now, speaking about the nisyonot, I want to mention something about that. It says in the Mishnah, Asara nisyonot nitnasa Avraham avinu ve'amad bechula. 
Abraham Avinu was tested 10 times and he passed them all. Now, the Mishnah itself does not tell us what the 10 tests were. But the Mefarshim, they do, the commentators, they do actually enumerate them. And there's basically uh, two main she uh, taught in here. Shitat Rashi and the Shita of the Rambam. Both agree on many of them, but there are some of them that they don't agree. For example, Rashi, he counts the, the Urkasdin as being one of the tests. What happened with Urkasdin? Right? Nimrod was the king at the time. And Avraham Avinu was going around saying, hey, all these statues of, that you have, they're no good. Abu Dazara, throw them out, burn them, break them, no good. There's only one God. Nimrod didn't like the idea. Because he told, he tells the people, he's God too. Besides the statues, he's God. So he calls Avraham Avinu. So what are you doing? He says, well, you know, they did these. The statues, you have to be really silly. Don't you understand? Where's your sechel? What can a piece of wood or a piece of stone or a piece of gold do for you? He says, well, I am God. You are God? Okay. I'll believe in you if you do one thing. This morning, the sun was rose from the east and set in the west. If tomorrow morning you can do the opposite, you got it. Well, let the sun rise from the west and set in the east. Then I'll believe you. Obviously, he couldn't do that. But then he wrote, he sees Abraham Avinu was a very smart person. What did he do? Throw him in, in a furnace. Kipshanaesh. But Akadosh made a miracle and he was saved. So that was an Isayon, right? Well, he counts it as an Isayon. Rambam doesn't. Why? Perhaps because Rambam, he, he, he only counts those Nisayonot that are written in the Torah, and this one is not written in the Midrash. Or we say, what is the definition of an Isayon? And Isayon means that Kadosh Baruch Hu commands someone to do something and he does it. Something that's very tough to do, like the Akedah. Everybody agrees on the Akedah. Take a son and store him. That is definitely a tremendous Nisayon. And he, and he passes the Nisayon properly. That's considered, yes, an Isayon. Rambam perhaps does not agree with that kind of thing. All right, fine. But the question that many people ask is, why is an Isayon required altogether? Why is it required? He knows the future, doesn't he? HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows the outcome. Yeah, he, whatever, if you're going to be doing something, Hashem knows whether Abraham Avinu is going to actually pass the test. Or not. So what's, what's the purpose? Well, then, let's stop here for a second. Hashem knows the future. 
So you might say, where, where is our Bihira? Where is our choice? Well, very simple. Hashem does not control our choice. Despite the fact that He knows what we are going to be doing, but we have complete control of what we are doing. To give you an example, let's say you're watching some kind of a ball game. Whatever it is, whatever you like, basketball, football, soccer, whatever, baseball. And let's say you watch that game three or four times. Now, when it comes to the fifth time, you know exactly what that person is going to be doing. He's going to throw the ball properly or not or what have you. He know, you know. You know what's going to happen. Can you control it? No. That's what's happening with Atalush Baruch He knows what we are doing. He knows what's going to happen. But he is not controlling it. Why? Because he wants us, ourselves, to have the behira, the choice, whether we're going to do the misvod or hasbi shalom, the opposite. So this is what it is. So the nisayon. So what's the nisayon here? The nisayon is not for Hashem. The nisayon is for the world. You, the world. Do you want to know why I'm choosing Abraham? Here's why. I gave him ten nisyonot. And he went ahead and he did every single one of them without fail. That is Abraham. That is the one that founded our religion. Abraham Avery. He was from one side and everybody on the other side. It was Abraham Avery. Not because Akadosh Baruch Hu knew even beforehand well, this is what we say in the prayer uh, every day in Vayvarech David. It's also a pasuk in the Hamiyah. We say, you are Kadosh Baruch Hu. Asher baharta be'abram. First, baharta be'abram. You chose him. Ve'hotzitu me'urkazdim. And then, ve'samtashimu Abraham. Umasata et le'babon e'mayel falecha. First, you chose him. And then you gave him the test and you found out that he was Naaman. What does that mean? Hashem knew ahead of time Abraham knew he was going to pass the test. But it is not for him. It's not for Hashem. It's for us. For the world. We all have tests every single day. From morning to night. Get up in the morning. You have to go to Minyan. It's a test. Are we going to really withstand that test and go to the Minyan? Or, ooh, it's snowing outside. It's raining outside. It's cold outside. No, I, I can't do it. No. Of course. You have to, this test. You have to do it. You go to work. You have people around you. Are you going to treat them properly? You have workers. Are you going to take the, treat the workers properly? You have a family. You have your children. You have your wife. It's all a test. And the biggest test of all of them, Lashonara, are we going to keep ourselves from speaking Lashonara? That's very important. 
All these, all these are the tests. These are the note that we have. Abraham Avinu had ten issues, not very tough ones, tough ones. He passed them all. The issue note that we have compared to him are hardly, not that much. Going to a synagogue, so you get up early, you go to a synagogue. Be kind to the peace, be kind. Don't speak Russian, don't speak Russian. We have to be very careful every single day. We have this test that Hashem is giving us. We have to make a big effort to try to pass all these tests properly. As we do the mitzvot, we fulfill this mitzvot, and we be kind to the people, then Akadosh will also do his, his duty, his test, to send us our Mashiach Sidkenu, Bekarov Amen Kineasom. Rabotai, I want to remind you again, this station is very important. It gives us Divrei Torah, Divrei Halakha, Divrei Musar, Gemara, Shi'orim. Very important for everyone, adults and children. We have to try to keep it running. And they need, badly, they need contributions from all of you. Now, also, if you have any simha, whatever simha it is, we have a beautiful hall at SLC. Please call us. I'm sure we can accommodate you. Shavua Tov to all of you.